Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your love. Thank you that the grave and the tomb would not keep you there. But Father, this morning we are thankful that you rose from the dead. And Father, our prayer today and every day is that you be magnified, that I and each one of us would decrease, but that you would increase and that your glory would be manifested that all humanity would just in all see you as the Lord of all and the God of all. Thank you again for this day that we can worship together, that we can give you praise, that we can listen to your word. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our inner eyes, open our ears to hear your word and not just go out the same way we came, but that, Lord, your word would have effect in our lives, would change us, would make us the people you want us to be. This morning, we also want to thank you for our youth that are out at districts today. Father, I pray that as they do their final rally today, that, Lord, you would be glorified in their lives. Encourage them, Lord. Spur them to continue on a living for you day in and day out. And so, Father, we just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. I just want to invite you to greet each other. And I'll uh, just give each other a hug and two minutes for that. Oh, maybe a minute and a half. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for giving each other the right hand of fellowship. I just want to welcome each one of you this morning, and especially those of us, uh, those of you who are visiting, or those of you who are here for the very first time. Uh, on the pew in front of you, we have uh, this yellow sheet. So if you are visiting, or if you are a regular attendant, but you've just changed your email address or your address. Fill up this yellow sheet of uh, this yellow that uh, forms that are just in front of you, and then you can either drop it off in the offering box at, uh, between those two doors, or you can uh, drop it off at the welcome desk in the lobby. And also talking about the offerings, uh, we don't pass offering baskets as before, but uh, we have our offering box right back there if the Lord leads you to uh, give some offering today. Uh, okay, the other thing is, yeah, so also welcome those who are joining us online. Uh, we are so glad that we can be able to do this and reach as many people. I have three announcements to bring to attention, and most of these announcements, or all of them are actually on the bulletin. So if you have not picked up one, you can pick up one, and there's more announcements on the church bulletin, which is just outside those doors there as you come in. Now the three that I want to highlight this morning is the discipleship group. We meet at 1045, so from here we will have coffee and donuts in the fellowship hall, just like last week, and then so that we don't all congregate there for those of us who are having our discipleship and Sunday school class in the youth center there. Grab your donut and coffee and just to avoid the congestion, just let's take our coffee and donuts to the next building. If you don't know which group you attend, in the bulletin it's listed, or if you just want to ask somebody to tell you, hey, where is this group meeting? If, even if you're not there last week, we have four discipleship Sunday school groups that are meeting. So just ask somebody or grab a bulletin and uh, head out there to your Sunday school or it's a group that meets here in the sanctuary. Braveheart Women's Snow Shoe event is on Saturday, January 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Matt and Leanne Shields' home. Uh, they would like you to RSVP and get directions if you don't know where they are, so where they live, so by, you can call or text Leanne, 
And I think her number is somewhere, maybe somewhere there. Oh, yeah, her number is down there. So text Leanne, and she will be able to help you get there. And also the details are in the bulletin. Okay, and then the last uh, announcement that I want to highlight is that women's 10-week study of better in Hebrews facilitated by Amber Kurgas will be Tuesdays and starting on February the 7th and goes on up to May the 2nd from 6.30 to 8.30 in the evening in the fellowship hall. So you, you are invited to sign up in the welcome desk uh, in the lobby and details are also in the bulletin. With that, I just want to thank the Lord for this morning for Pastor Cody. He comes to share God's word. I pray that God would open our hearts to listen to his word, Pastor Cody. Thank you, Otieno. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're gathered together. And uh, again, as we have this for our season, we're combining both services together, so it's going to be a little tight. And I encourage you, if you're able to come early, that's great. Move in so then there's room for those who come a little bit later. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we kind of flesh it out. So uh, there, I mean, there's a variety of ways that surgeries happen. I'm not trying to say these are the only two ways, but when you go to surgery, there's basically two types. There's some that you prepare for where you get the note like, okay, you're going to have this surgery, so... Don't eat for you know 24 hours. Drink this gooey stuff. There was about 20 years ago, I was having some stomach problems. They're like, well, we'll just come to the doctor. And I asked them and said, all right, come back in a couple weeks. We're going to just put a scope down there, see what's going on. But before you do that, drink this stuff. I'm like, oh, great, root beer. Wasn't root beer. It was this chalky, ugh. Anybody? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but yeah, just, oh, yeah. So there's preparation. Some of you that had surgeries know, like, okay, before you go, you can't just do whatever. you got to prepare. you got a 24-hour period or 48, whatever it is, you prepare, get your body ready. There's nothing in there, so they got no bubbles to deal with or whatever it is. But then there's no preparation. About five, six years ago, my appendix decided to get very, very large and almost burst so quickly went to the ER. I wasn't really with it. I was throwing up and all this stuff. And the doctor didn't say, well, in the next 48 hours, how about you drink this? They're like, no, good night. No preparation. I'm like, okay, see you in a bit. Today, we're going to prepare. Because we're going to do some surgery. Not us, but He will do it on our hearts. Amen? That's what Sunday's about. Now, last Sunday, I had you turn to your neighbor and say some, some of you thought that was kind of funny. Some of you thought, realized how serious it was. But here's what I want you to do. We're going to do the, the, what we did last week, but we're going to do another one. So turn to your neighbor and say, this sermon is for me. All right. All right. Okay. Now, some of you are giggling because, okay, yeah, okay, it's for me. Yeah. But I, I, listen, I take that serious. As we approach the Word of God, this is His divine Word to us. And when we approach this, we should, with humility, in preparation, like a surgery, get our hearts ready. Okay, reorientate. This isn't for my spouse who needs it because they're such a bum. This one's for me. But here's the next one. Turn to your neighbor and say, with a little smile, this sermon's for our church. All right, let's go before the Lord and say, Lord, here's our hearts. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your great love. And Lord, I thank you that you have ordained this moment for us to be here at this time. Lord, as Otieno prayed, we pray for our youth and all of our leaders, volunteer leaders who are there just in Green Bay, just soaking up what you got going on in district. There's almost 4,000 students there. God, you plan for them to be there at that time. Do your work. 
Jesus, may You be exalted this morning. May we follow Your path. May we get that understanding we need. Because You're the Master and Spirit of God. We ask that You do Your holy, supernatural work in my heart. Help me become less so Christ can become great. Spirit, we lay, like just symbolically, we just lay before You and say, God, we're at the table. Do Your work. Whatever surgery You need, take out that sin. Take out that pride. So Spirit, this is for us. Oh, and we're excited because this is also for our church. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen? Amen. Alright, grab your Bibles. We're in the Gospel of Mark. We're going through a series in Mark. We're going through a little section at a time. Sometimes we kind of move it around. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And in our series with Christ in the School of Discipleship, what I've decided to do is slow down at this section here because Mark chapters 1-7 through talk a lot about Messiahship. And chapters 8 and following talk a lot about discipleship. So now we're in a kind of a mini-series called The Way of the Master. The Way of the Master. Mark chapter 10. Let me just read here Mark chapter 10, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said. We want you, we want, just that, oh, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, oh, they're, they're excited. Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking. Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Oh, we can! They answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong for those who they have been prepared. When the ten, the other, heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. What we're doing is we're going through this section and we're kind of working through this, asking, thinking about these four questions. Why is discipleship so important? Why is discipleship so important? Again, I think the modern church, we have gone astray a bit when it comes to this. We, we get so involved in programs. We get so involved in the flashy things of life. And we get so involved in trying to just be up there and just go, look at what we have. And we miss out on discipleship. And how did Jesus, another thing we're looking at, how did Jesus talk, demonstrate, teach on this topic? Two weeks ago, we looked at Matthew 25, 28, sorry. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where he says, Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything, have them obey, and surely I'm with you. Again, there's. Four verbs in our English Bibles, but in the original language, there's only one verb. Make disciples. Our primary goal is to make disciples. Not make converts. Not make big churches. 
not a big name for yourself. The number one thing, as we're going, wherever God's called you to be, make disciples. And as people are coming to the Lord, being baptized, make disciples. And as they're growing, teach them. That's how we make disciples. And last week, we took some time looking at this passage we just read. We are called to be servants of the Most High. The world wants leaders. God wants servants. And we also are looking at what is discipleship. Discipleship is living a life in this world in union with Christ. We're going to see more of this as we go through our stuff today. And growing in conformity with His image, with a passion for God by the Spirit, using our gifts to fulfill our calling and lead others to serve and follow Jesus Christ. And what are we doing as a church? We're going to today for sure begin looking at more of the practical things. We want to come alongside and help you as you grow to be more like Him. In fact, we have this handout. So get this ready. This is basically kind of our sermon notes. Get this ready. This is, these are some of the practical things that if you've got a, a pen or pencil, you can scratch some things down as we go along. We want to move from the mindset of reaching people to first making. Not just reaching, but making first. We're called to make disciples. We want to move from just straight information. We're Westerners. We love data. We love doctrine. Which is, There's nothing wrong with that. But we want to move from information to equipping. We want to equip you. Not just fill you up and just have you go home. We want to move from program to purpose. From activity to relationship. So many times, we as a church can be so active in doing things without building relationships. That's why we're doing for a season this time when we're all together so we can build more relationships together as a church. We're doing our adult discipleship groups afterwards so we can build relationships. And we're going to move from accumulating to deployment. Today we're going to look at the pattern of Jesus and the strategy and the method of His disciple making. How do you change the world? Jesus does it through people. His great message, He's the great doctor. He's got the remedy that all the people need. You and I, we are on our way to damnation. To hell. He's got the great remedy. It's Himself. It's Jesus. And He changes the world by using people to send forth that message. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from as a kid. Even in a youth group. My youth pastor, Bob Lenz, just trained me a lot. I learned a lot. I learned a lot when I went to seminary to graduate studies from John Nyquist to Robert Coleman. Again, these are three books we've alluded to. So, spiritual leadership. If you don't have this book, get this book. I've got three on my shelf. Every time I'm at a thrift store, I grab every one of these and hand them out. Again, this should have, he wanted to call this spiritual servanthood, but no one would have bought it. Spiritual leadership, oh, then I'll buy it. Another great book by Robert Coleman, which we'll talk about here, is The Master Plan of Evangelism. Really, the master plan of evangelism, he says, isn't evangelism, it's discipleship. And then another great book that we, have, we tried to do this with a lot of small groups, and some went through it, is this Discipleship Essentials. And I would encourage you, if you, if you have a Bible, if you want a group of people want to go through a great study, we have a pile of these. We'd love to get you involved more into discipleship. When I was a kid... I wanted to grow up like a couple people. I think it was Lee Majors, the $6 million man, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Anybody else want to be Lee Majors? Okay, a few of you. That shows how old I am. Okay. There were some cool people I wanted to grow up to be like. One was a teacher I had. But ultimately, then I realized I want to be like my grandpas. Because they were in the army. Sorry, all the other branches of service. But they were military. World War II. 
And I was like, I'm doing military. How many here served in the military? Please raise your hand. Let's thank them for serving in the military. As a kid, I was like, I'm going to do military. That's why that's, it's in my DNA. That's what I'm going to do. Then I realized I was called to ministry. But then I realized who I really want to be like ultimately is Christ. Our ultimate goal to be like is to be like Christ and to glorify Him. Growth in Christian maturity, in sanctification, in being together so we can be more like Christ, it's never complete in this life until we see Him face to face. And our desire is to help come alongside of you wherever you're at and help you be more like Christ. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the strategy of Christ. And do we have... Sorry, I know we got a chart here. So this is out of a book by Bill Hall. He's a free church guy. He's got Jesus Christ the Disciple Maker, uh, the Disciple Making Pastor, and the Disciple Making Church. These came out in the early 90s. They were very popular for a lot of churches to look at. And he kind of goes through, and we're going to kind of follow his pattern as he looks at the pattern of Jesus... And what I've done is I've taken these things that Jesus lays out. This is my style. Here's what Jesus said. This is my way of showing you what discipleship is. So take out these things if you have them. And if you want one, Tom, could you grab a couple? If you want one of these, just put your hand and we'll have Tom. We, some up front here, Tom. We're going to go through this. So get this out. The way of the Master. Let's look at the strategy of Jesus Christ. Looking at the words that Jesus calls out to His disciples, says to His disciples, there's some key phrases He has. Come and see. Membership. John 1.35 Come, He replied, and you will see. The disciples are intrigued by Jesus. It's early in the ministry of Jesus. And they're, they're curious what's going on. They're asking and Jesus first says, come and see. Here, He selects. Here, He associates Himself with them. This is what we would call membership. Come, be a part of this. Raise your hand if you want one of those charts. Tom's got a few of them here. In the Gospel of John, Jesus extends this invitation to people, to a few, to be His disciple and exposes them to the ministry that He has. And we saw that in the first couple chapters of Mark. He gathers them around Himself and cares for them as He exposes them to God's powerful message. So the strategy of Jesus was to tell them what was involved and why this involvement is necessary. So Jesus, come and see. Check this out. And they're walking. Remember the first couple chapters of Mark? They're seeing stuff. They're like, this is amazing. Jesus isn't having them doing it right away, but He says, see this. Look at what we're doing here for the Kingdom of God. This leads to this great trust and faith and the invitation from, if you remember, Andrew to Simon to Philip, and it just goes. More begin to join. Jesus didn't start the disciples with, all right, if you're going to follow me here, let's sit down. Here's my big book. We're going to go through this. He just come and see. Check it out. He doesn't do it right away with big great teaching or preaching. It starts by giving an introduction. Come and see. Jesus taught His followers by seeing the example. and He set the standard of what this is going to be like. It was the leadership style of Jesus to have others Learn from Him by engaging, by watching, and by then repeating what He did. And if you recall in the first couple of chapters of Mark, there's so much action happening. At once this happened, there's so much action happening. And that happens for like four-month period. He turns their eyes towards the harvest then. So take a look at our chart. The come and see membership. Tell them what and tell them why. How do we do this here at Maranatha? Let me give you some practical ways that we do it. Here, we do this part as we celebrate 
that we belong to Christ. And that primarily is done in our Sunday corporate worship service. We gather together and we celebrate the beauty of Christ. Also here, we interest you more in Christ at our Sunday worship service, at retreats, at special events, large groups. We try to do things to have people come, check out, see what Christ is all about, and see how important you need Him. Here's this membership part. Family discipleship. We start with the family. We start with evangelism. The Gospel proclamation is to take Christ wherever you're at and let others know to say, this is what you need. The next part is come and follow Me. Mark chapter 1, 16 and 17. Jesus uses this phrase, come and follow Me. We remember we went through that a couple times. Come and follow Me. Come and I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow Me. It's used often in the Gospels. Follow Me. This is maturity. Here He calls them to obedience. He calls them to follow Him. Jesus extends His second invitation to the fishermen at the Sea of Galilee. An invitation now no longer to fish for fish, but fish for men. And follow Me is in every Gospel. Matthew 4.19 Come, follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. I just love it. It's all over. When the Lord chose these men, it wasn't just come and see, check it out. Here He specifically calls them. You. Calls them by name at times. What catches me is sometimes He passes over people in the crowd. But He calls them to follow. And this interest then is to train them. One of the basic teaching and leadership styles of Christ is He sets the example. He's the Master and He sets the example. Imagine if you have a certain skill set that you've had for 50 years. Let's say you're a carpenter and you want to pass your business on. You want to pass that skill on. You just don't give a book to someone. You get some young person say, here's how we do this. Here's how you cut the wood with the grain, against the grain. All the different things that you have you show them. The seeds of Christ's teaching now begin to grow in their hearts. They're seeing it. All the different ways He heals people. All the different times He scolds the religious people in the right way. And you notice there's less attention to make a decision for Christ. A greater focus is a disciple of Christ. Many churches, again, they're all big on let's make a decision for Christ. Which Again, that's the first part. I'm, I'm not against that. But then they stop there. The focus isn't make a decision for Christ. The, mo- the focus is be a disciple of Christ. Don't just go, okay, I'll follow you. The strategy of Jesus was to show them how to do it and then do it with them. First He said, come and see. Now come and follow Me. Look at what I'm doing and I'll do it with you. And they they began to mature. Here discipleship is advanced as those who have come to faith in Christ, now they're maturing. Now they are taught the important basics of becoming a mature disciple. So let me just pause. and just. This is where sometimes we fail. Oh, I'll follow Christ, but to grow in Him and mature in Him, that takes a lot of work. Yes, it does. It should. Salvation costs us nothing. Praise God Almighty, right? We don't have to work for our salvation. It's all Christ. Christ alone. By faith alone. Amen? In grace alone. Salvation costs us nothing. But discipleship will cost us everything. This is where it gets hard. 
obedience. They're not required to be smart, but they're required to be loyal. Follow Him completely. Listen to this. In fact, go to Mark chapter 8. Turn a couple pages back. Mark 8.34 Then He called the crowd to Him along with His disciples. Mark chapter 8.34 And said, Whoever wants to be My disciple, just come to church, sit in a pew, you're fine. Just show up at the synagogue and you'll be fine. Just wear the, the Jesus little, little token thing. You belong to Me. Oh, that's good enough. Whoever wants to be My disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Me. For whoever wants to be Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the Gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His Father's glory with the holy angels. There's a cost to discipleship. And this is where, again, many people or many churches fail. They love gathering crowds, but then they'll say, oh, come as you are! And they just stay there. Oh, I'm all about come as you are. But if you leave the same after engaging in the Word, something's wrong. Either with you or with the preaching, right? Come as you are! But if you're the same in six months, something's wrong. We must obey. Let me break that down even more for our church. Are you willing to sacrifice? Give to the offering. No, I'm just kidding. I need an airplane. Just kidding. Just kidding. Isn't that sad? That's all over in America right now. Here's what I'm asking. Sundays, if you're my age and younger, I want you to park as far away as you can so the elderly can just have front row parking, right? Would you be willing to do that? If you're like, well, I need to be here early. i got to get stuff. Sacrifice for our brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, it's, yeah, this is a little bit easier because we got 50-some people gone at districts. Next Sunday, it's going to be busy. I encourage you. Maybe even come earlier so you can park farther away and maybe help the elderly as they come up, drive up, and they don't have parking. We want to empower you into ministry. We want you to be a part of what we're doing. In fact, here's what we're doing. I should have wrote the, I think it's this Tuesday. This Tuesday, we're going to take, I, boy, I better get that right. So, yeah, it is Tuesday. Okay, thank you. We're doing decorations at church. Woo! Say the wrong day, everyone's showing up. So we want to do this together. So if you're available Tuesday at 6 o'clock, we'll bring some pizzas. Let's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with having this up for a long time. Let's celebrate Jesus all the time. In fact, that wreath out there, I might just keep it up till summertime so people go, oh, Christmas, Christ. Yeah, okay. But this Tuesday, if you want to help us, we're going to crank some praise music and we're just going to kind of take, our, take down some of the Christmas celebration stuff. Let, we want to empower you to do ministry. Can we just be spectators in the church? No. We have to be obedient disciples. And it's going to be hard. It's denying yourself. That's why in the lobby there, we've got the cross, that beautiful cross we put up. Remember last Easter, all the flowers? Then we took the flowers down and go look at what it says. The old rugged cross. And I painted some blood on there. Well, it's not real blood. It's red paint. To remind us, oh, it's a beautiful thing, but ooh. Are you a fan of Jesus? Only? Half-hearted follower? Or are you totally in? Again, the goal of discipleship is to be like Christ. In fact, the first part, if you go through the Gospels, this first part was a four kind of month period. This period here 
is a 10-month period as you go. So take a look at this. Come and follow. Take, pull out your cards here. Show them how and do it with them. Here is the heart of discipleship. That's why we have, after this service, I know some of you have to go home, some of you got other things, but we encourage you. For 10-week sections we're doing this, we encourage you, go get your donuts, get your coffee, fellowship, and then go to an adult discipleship group. Grow deeper. Years ago, we spent much time doing the faith at home. That's what that whole wall back there, whenever we get a visitor with little kids, they're always trying to open up that door, see what's on the other side of that door over there. Faith at home. We, we want to help you disciple your students, your, your children at home. So we got faith at home and the faith path. Ministry teams. Be involved with the ministry team. And again, I, I don't, maybe I don't have your ministry team on here. I, there's not enough room on here. There's so many things that we have for you to be a part of. <clears throat> Worship, Awana, Soul Garage, hospitality, greeting, baptism, dedication. This is all part of this phase that our church is involved in. All right, let's move to the next one, the third one. Come and follow me. <clears throat> now it's come and be with me. Now he's doing serious ministry. Mark chapter 3, 13 and 14. He demonstrates, he trains, he supervises them, and kind of sends them out, kind of like, here's what we're doing, empowers them. During this time, Jesus chose the twelve and gave them special responsibility and authority. Go out and do some of this. And passes the work on to them and prepares them for this new responsibility. And calls His disciples to follow Him. Even to the death. <clears throat> Jesus spent this time demonstrating, explaining, and experimenting with them. They fail. The strategy of Jesus was to let them do ministry and deploy them into their own ministry. Here He's like, alright, I've been doing it with you. Like an old carpenter, here's how you do a dovetail. Here's how you do a certain joint. Here's why oak is better than pine at this kind of pro project. Or here's pine. But you know, shows them all the tricks of the trade. Now it's time to do it. They're established in the Word of God. Established in that mission. Now they're going to go out and actually do it. And discipleship is about a part of growing deep, but also then growing out. And we as a church want you to learn about God's calling in your life. We're big on empowering you to do ministry. We don't want this just to be a bunch of specialists. Oh, the pastors, they went to Bible school and they've been trained. And they all... Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, that's my job description. He's called us to be pastors, teachers, to equip the saints to do ministry. My job <clears throat> is to equip you to do the work God has called you to do. <clears throat> Take a look at this here. Let them do it. Or here's my phrase. He that has the vision has the job. If you've got something you're passionate about, he that has the vision, awesome. Now you got the job. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Sometimes people do it. Hey, Pastor Cooper, let's do this. Now you guys go do it. I'm like, uh-uh. You do it. If that's what God's called you to do, I'll support you. I'll come alongside you. I, I'm, I'm more like a coach. I'm going to run, run alongside you, put my hand in the small of your back, and push you on more into ministry. Here, we empower disciple-makers. Again, that's why faith at home. We, we believe that the, the family... If you have kids at home, that's the primary place for discipleship. Not just to dump your kids off here at a water Sunday school. Oh, we'll be a part of that. But the family is the primary place. Disciple makers. Be a part growing in the ministry teams. Small group leaders. We would love, a couple years ago when we did this Discipleship Essentials and we did some other studies, we got the small group leaders together and we trained them. We want to teach you how to do this effectively. Here we empower you and here we train you to be leaders. I'm excited that in the future we're going to be doing more work on the, the front end of training elders. What it, does it mean to be an elder? What's it like? Train missionaries. Train church planners to go out and do ministry. 
And we want to do this. We want to empower you. And unfortunately, some churches are like, well, that's a great idea, but let's run it through this ministry and only they can do it and only the top leaders can do it and they're the ones who say yay and nay and just that doesn't empower people. We want to empower you to do ministry. And the strategy of Jesus was to create followers who would be able to lead multitudes, establish a team to share responsibility rather than the needs of many who are falling out. Stay together, focus. And this was a 20-month period Jesus did this. Learning about God's calling is great. Again, last week we talked about it's not about leadership, it's about servanthood. God's called us to be servants. And your calling is going to be different than mine. And wherever God calls you to go, do it for His glory so others see the beauty of Christ. And we want to come alongside each one of you and say, what's God called you to be? A servant. Alright. To give glory to God. Alright. Where are you working? What's your neighborhood like? Let's find ways to show the beauty of Christ wherever you're at. Come and be with me. Now the last part. Remain in me. He then releases them out. Sends them out to reproduce. Again, if you think about two weeks ago, an evangelist reaching a person, one person per day, that sounds awesome. But a disciple maker, one person per year, one is addition, the other is multiplication. Multiply. We want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. John 13 through 17, the Gospel of John. The last final days of Christ, his last final words, he often says, Remain in me. I'm leaving. And the disciples are like, What? Where are you going? We don't know where you're going. What's going on? We don't know the way. And then, of course, John says those great words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But I'm going, and it's for your benefit. What? I remember when I was in high school, I'd walk around with my Bible in the public school. I was like, man, if Jesus was with me, we could do some amazing stuff. Then I realized, oh, He's in me. By what? His Spirit. And that's what Jesus says in John 13-17. through uh, through 17. I'm going, but now My Spirit will be in you. Jesus, in the last days, in the final instructions, releases them to go do ministry. These trained men are now deployed to fulfill their calling and the Holy Spirit would lead them. So the strategy of Jesus here is to release them to reproduce. Make disciples. Make disciples. And there are different, various degrees of empowering, of fellowship with God, of personal Christian maturity. For the most part, we grow in Christ. Some it's easy. Some it's hard. And we don't want to have this kind of, this is the way it has to always be. This is how it should look like in your family because that's how I do it in my family. It just doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's not a one-size-fits-all. In fact, I just bought this shirt recently. I'm like, oh, this looks like a nice shirt. should have put it on before I bought it. I just, that's one of my... I just, oh, that looks nice. I buy it. It's a little too short. It keeps popping on. I'm like, oh, it's wrong type of shirt. doesn't fit me as well. i got like monkey arms here. Right? I'm just so long. For you... Your walk with Christ might be hard. It might be more of a struggle than an ease compared to the people on the other side of the church here. And that, that's understandable because God works in different ways in our hearts. I encourage you, no matter how hard it is, trust in Him. Walk with Him. We look at the disciples. They're all different. Some were impulsive. Some were easily offended. Some were prejudiced. And were very temperamental. But Jesus took these men, an average cross section of society of that time, and said, Follow me. Walk with me. I'll train you. And then remain in me. They changed the world 
by following the leadership style of Jesus. Discipleship is not merely a program, but it's a principle that we want to live out. So take a look at this. And we'll talk more about what this looks like in our church next Sunday because we want you to grow. Remain in me, make disciples, John 13 through 17. He releases them into ministry. Here we release you into your calling, training, and go. Go do one of Go tell people about Christ. Lead them to Christ. We do a lot of training. In fact, we would love more people to go to conferences, more people to go to some of our national conferences. We have the, the Evangelical Free Church. We have this great networking. There's, we want you to be involved in learning what it means to be a follower. In fact, anybody that wants to be a leader, I'm like, great! If so, you're going to read this book with me. Spiritual servanthood. Spiritual leadership. So we want to train you. But here's one of the problems. If you're like me, then you start going, oh, this is cool. I get to be a leader. And your chest kind of sticks out a little more. Oh, this is great. Look, I'm one of the main leaders here. Oh, man. Let's fight that. Amen? In humility, let's fight that. And when that happens, I believe then the Lord gives you more responsibility so that He shines, not you. In fact, this week I was asked, in my, just this is my personal humble opinion, one of the greatest responsibilities or one of the greatest offers I've ever been given, I get to go down to Madison and do a prayer before the state assembly. Whoa! I'll dress up and shave, don't worry. But to me, I'm like, that's a huge honor. Better not be about me. It better be about Him. I must decrease, He must increase. So what is this? Let's close it by this. Take a look at this picture. I think we got a picture here. This baseball analogy. My professor Robert Coleman, who's got the Master Plan of Evangelism. Great book. Millions made. Our church and how we together implement discipleship is like this. First base is membership. Evangelism is only a base hit, okay? We're, we're all about getting converts, absolutely, but if you stop there, that's no good. If you get 600 people on first base, how many home runs, how many points do you have? Zero. Discipleship is what we're about. Evangelism is base hit, but you can't win the game with everyone on first base. Discipleship is a home run. Many churches have hundreds on face. First base, you only score points with a home run. So let's figure that out. Second base, maturity. We develop you, we help develop this relationship you have, this walk with Christ so you can grow in Him, so you can become more mature in Christ. And we have a lot of ways of doing that here at our church. Third base is ministry. Find your area, find your calling, connect with a ministry that we've got. A lot of ministries that do different types of things. Get involved, use your gifts. And then a home run is when someone crosses that home plate. Evangelism is not enough. Well, it's important. But we share for the purpose of discipleship. Our church is about helping you move to the next step in your spiritual growth. So take a look at that chart. Don't say it out loud, but where do you think you are? First base? Second base? Third base, listen to this. Wherever you are, we want to help you go to the next step. And our strategy in our church, that's why we're doing this one service. We're going to go fellowship and get some donuts. And, and then we're going to go to our groups and grow deeper so you go to the next base. Does that make sense? We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. So where are you at with God right now. Where are you at? Here's our challenge. Answer the call of Jesus and follow Him. If you have to, abandon it all. Amen? That means repent. Believe. God's given you gifts. doesn't mean you throw everything away. But maybe it does mean you throw it all away so you can just come and say, God, whatever you want, I'll do. 
do it for the sake of Christ. He is so wonderful. He is so beautiful. He's paid the price. Follow Him. The worship team's going to come up. And what we're going to do is we're going to do communion. So let me uh, grab your little cups. If you need one, raise your hand. We'll try to get you one. But take a look at this. Don't just pull that first tab. Kind of work it so you can get that little pla- there's, a, there's a plastic tab. Not the hard tab. I know I did that wrong the first time. There we go. The little plastic one, there's two tabs. The plastic one gets you the wafer, the bread. We also have gluten-free. Raise your hand if you need one of these. So get the wafer. Okay, we got two up here, Aaron, Pastor Aaron. A couple others maybe. Okay. Aaron, two up here. Then way in the back. All right, so I know it's hard. We're, look at we're we're like cool church now. We're like the hipster cool church. We got it all together here. All right. So get that out, and then maybe open up the next one. So you're ready for. Man, this is. You might need a bib. I might need a full throwdown thing on the floor here. We're trying this for our first time. All right. Kids, look at me. Here's one of my Bibles. It is literally falling apart. I brought this up to remind you. Read your Bible so much that when it falls apart, you won't fall apart, okay? Alright? Kids, memorize those verses. Adults, memorize those chapters. So you don't fall apart. We at Maranatha have what we call open communion to those who belong to Christ. If you belong to Christ, let's say you're a visitor, come from a different church, you're visiting family or whatever, but if you belong to Christ, please do communion with us. If you don't belong to Christ, do not do communion. Or if you have stuff in your heart against another brother or sister, or if you've got a bunch of sin that just is out of control and you're just not right with God, don't do communion because you heap judgment on yourself. Right now, clear your heart. Get right with God, and if need be, get right with someone else, right? But we have open communion. If you belong to Christ, we ask you to do communion with us. If you have kids with you that are too young to understand all this, that haven't turned their lives to Christ as Savior and Lord, we ask that when you're done, you pray over them so that someday they would come to know Christ as Savior. For I see from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night He was betrayed took the bread. When He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Take the bread. In the same way, after supper, He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father God, we come before you right now. We thank you for your great salvation. As a pastor friend of mine would always say, so rich, so free. Salvation is free. And Lord, we thank you that you call us to be yours. And Lord, we humbly come before You and we thank You for this call of discipleship. It is costly. It is great. And we want to follow Your pattern, follow Your method that You've called us. You you dwell by Your Spirit within us. May we never forget the seriousness and the radical call of discipleship. For it's the beauty of the old rugged cross that we follow. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kids, hand this to adults around you. Stand and sing as we sing our last portion of our...
Sunday. We have a basket in the back. 
Aaron's going to get a basket of somewhere. There's, and that's for our benevolence fund. If you feel the Lord's putting on your heart to put money in there, we use that for those who are in need. And again, 1045 is when we start our adult discipleship groups. Hope you can stay around for that. God bless you. Have a great week.